0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Slightly Focused Podcast with me, your host Will George, and big welcome back to Mr. Callum Brumhead. Yeah. <laughs> no there else to say to that? Just... <laughs> yeah, you're just back. back. We'll just accept it and move on. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a great special guest on today, fresh back from America after filming some fun things. Uh, Mr. Adam Dismore, welcome.
1: Thank you, guys. Great to be here.
0: So we'll jump straight into it.
1: Adam, we'll just dive straight into who are you and like what do you do? All right. So I guess I'm a I'm a filmmaker, uh, specializing in sports. So I kind of do the full shebang. I shoot. I edit, produce and direct and I work for myself and I work for a range of clients across sports, um, big portfolio in, in motorsports. I work for Red Bull and Mercedes, for instance, and then I go and work with Saracens and rugby and Chelsea and football, um, clients in boxing as well. And yeah, I just specialise in going out, filming live events a lot of the time, um, making cool highlights, trailers and hype things. And also a lot of branded content. I work on commercials and long form documentaries. And yeah, sport's my thing. That's what I've done for five years and I love it.
0: So that's what I do. That's a pretty, pretty sick intro. I'd say, yeah, I think I found you through like your Le Mans your 24 Le Mans like trailer or like highlight video oh. it was just like I was just scrolling through like Instagram I was like Jesus Christ this video is sick I was like he made this <laughs> and I, like, I found like all your other stuff and I was like oh man I'm gonna DM this man see what he's up to but, yeah you've, you've definitely got some like sick sick like portfolio stuff so how did you get into get into it really I think everyone's got a great story to tell about that
1: Yeah, yeah. So my background wasn't in this. I went to uni to do science and I really didn't like it. So I went to a sports university because I've always loved sports and I wanted to go there purely to play cricket. And the only degree at the time which suited me in terms of what I could get in for was sports science. And so I arrived, didn't like it straight away, didn't know what to do, started volunteering, different things. And volunteer in marketing, performance analysis, and then one day someone says, let's make a video for the cricket team that I played for. And I was like, well, I'm doing this volunteering, might as well give it a go. <laughs> gave it a go and just really enjoyed the process. Commands and the camera, I knew the basics, how to record and all that stuff, but not much further than that. Shutter, all that kind of stuff, no clue. Um, and just, I made it, and the feedback I got, people liked it, and that gave me a big buzz, and so, getting that buzz from how it was received. I did the next video for another team, another team, and it grew that way. And by, I think that's my second year I was doing that. By the end of the year, I then got to a level where I was taking on some freelance bits of work. And then in my last year, doing a lot of freelance work alongside my degree, which is still finished, even though I didn't like it. <laughs> and that gave me the grounding to go out there and, um, and commit. And so I bought my gear once I left uni. Uh, started small just making event-based videos and then managed to get myself noticed mainly through my motorsport work um, which I fell into by pure coincidence because I don't like racing that was not my background so I had no interest <laughs> in cars or anything like that I was a footballer kicker, um, but just got stuck in there somehow and it just snowballed massively and it took me all over the world uh, working for some big brands and teams and then off the back of that I managed to get gigs and the sports and it kind of just kept blowing up so that's how it happened yeah by pure coincidence mm. pretty sick is, yeah. i'd say that
0: yeah bro do you got anything
2: what about that about you me
0: got... yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, no not about you know about You to my lego animation um,
2: well it was starting when i was no. 10. no that's pretty sick actually no, i know a lot of people actually about going to um just do something completely different at uni like marketing or business and then they go off to do video for like full film sets and stuff and actually camera operators and whatnot that's very interesting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: so you said so you've got like so you've got like a sports science degree and you've kind of just come out of that and decided to go do video how come how come you got pulled into into doing like uh, motorsports videography, if you didn't have like a, uh, you didn't like have an interest in it to start with. Like, how did mm. that like? Because for, for me, I end up I go for jobs that I tend to have more of like a an interest in, or something that kind of like just ticks some boxes for me. So how did you mm. kind of how did that come about then?
1: A combination of two things. One would be sort of who you know. And so, in my last year, I was getting myself in in a room with people as much as I could—producers, uh, production coordinators, people who worked for you know big sports production companies—and um, and yeah, kept putting myself in the room with them, reaching out, trying to get a minute just so I could show them what I was doing. That I was enthusiastic, keen, wanting to get stuck in. And one guy took a shot on me. And I owe a lot to him as well. And we're still in contact today and he's still three gigs now, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and yeah, he just liked what I was about. And he, he saw some like kind of some potential there. And even though there wasn't a job at the time for his company, he heard of opening for um, a motorsport organisation who promote races all over the world. They wanted a videographer to go out there and film the races and they wanted to kind of relatively entry level we were looking for someone, you know, that had a huge fee and so on. And um, yeah, the guy, my contact came to me and said, there's an opening here. Do you fancy it? Do you know racing? And at that point, you can kind of completely <laughs> wing it, which I did. I said, I knew racing. Yeah, I love F1. I watch it all the time. Yeah, know about it, all the circuits. Make it till you, it. you make it always. Make it till you make it always. That's right. Always. So yeah, I definitely. did that and I got in a room with the motorsport people and managed to wing that as well. <laughs> and then got me in there, and I was thrown right into the deep end, straight away, working on a 24-hour race, not even like a, oh. you know, a normal race, it's a 24-hour race, we sleep about one and a half hours, it's mental. Um, we got cars in the pit lane flying in, finishing the pit lane before it's ruthless, you know, there's oh. huge tons of metal coming in like 80 miles per hour and stuff, and if you don't know what you're doing, you can get swiped, and I came so close, like three times. Um, <laughs> yeah for and you'll run off caffeine and one and a half hours of sleep so <laughs> yeah exactly it's dangerous it is dangerous <laughs> uh, I think as well it's about pushing yourself I find I deliver better results and I like it more when I'm at my comfort zone that's what I find as well mm-hmm. I don't like being comfortable so I like no. to kind of go and chase new things that's what I do uh, if I see a yeah a sport I have no idea about no knowledge no history in then I'll go and do it because I want to see what experience it gives me mm-hmm. and some of them have been boring. Some of them have been amazing. <laughs> I, I always find that I deliver better results when I go and push myself out that, of out that zone. So combination of the two things led me to motorsport. And from that, I kind mm-hmm. of grew into everything else. That's so, yeah. interesting.
2: Yeah. Makes sense. Like, I don't know, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of the same in terms of whatever I photograph. I take on all these new jobs, pretend I've done it before, never done it before, and uh, see how it goes. Mm. Most of the time it goes all right. But... <laughs> you know it we do talk about yeah. the failures it's fine <laughs> uh,
1: and they're not failures are they you're right it's trial and error you know you have exactly. to learn the hard way a lot of the time and failure I, I never see it as failure but when you get things wrong that's also often your best learning curves so no, that's true that's how you find yeah. your style as well so really. Create,
0: creative yeah. mistakes isn't it really like creative you always la- you won't make the same mistake twice yeah like like about it's first, first,
2: but no more <laughs> than twice <laughs> yeah yeah it's also, also like, to- if you
0: like if forget something i guess oh, i guess that's yeah. really interesting as well i definitely think it's good to like push the boat and stuff because i think because you just come back was it cyclocross you were filming in america yeah. like because we were going to record this podcast like last week You is mm-hmm. like hold on can't go hop on a plane tomorrow to america to go call yeah. cyclocross <laughs> but, like have you ever recorded cyclocross before or is this just mm-hmm. like just a random thing that someone's like yo adam we've got this gig do you want to come film it sort of thing and you're like sounds great new thing gonna take it out of my comfort zone just go film it
1: yeah that's exactly what happened yeah exactly what happened um i think a guy reached out to me on instagram and was um he's head of content for the uci who managed all sorts of cycling um events and he liked what i did and he was like do you fancy some cyclocross didn't need to see anything from me in the past of what i'd shot in that <laughs> in that area he just liked my stuff he wanted me to yeah. apply that to his to his world so i went out there completely blind and that's what i like doing it's getting dropped into it can head around it quickly as quick as you can and just um learn the fly, that's what I enjoy doing. So, yeah, first time doing it this,
0: looked, it looked pretty sick. Like, I've seen, yeah, I've seen cyclocross before because I've worked with someone who's shot like or who did cyclocross, so I knew what it was about. But it just looked dope. I thought it was like in the, the mm-hmm. edit, like, just kind of like you told me you were going out there, you shot it, and I saw on your Instagram, like, what felt like five minutes after the race, it was just like this mad yeah. like, hype video. I was just mm-hmm. like. This is nuts. Like, in terms of your like content creation, how long does it take you to like turn around and edit sort of thing?
1: Mm. Yes, yeah, good question. And that's the thing as well, which is what kind of gets me quite a bit of work. Is I'm quite fast editor. I'm a fast editor. So, some projects I work on can take weeks to edit. You know, the really long form stuff, the high budget, the the time taken to make a storyboard and to see it through but the event based stuff (laughs) when I go to live events that's quick turnaround that's what they want they want content to go out when it's hot and there's not a lot of people out there who can you can shoot all their stuff edit all their stuff and do that in a tight time frame so I say the highlights you see like those ones will probably be made in about two hours hour and a half to two hours really yeah so that's (laughs) that's a mad turnaround time so it can be quite quick
0: yeah yeah that's that's really good. Because like the were you shooting that like just by was it everything you shot in that little video, was that all shot by you? Or mm. was that shot by was that you and like two other people? Was it like a group of you shooters? Or how, how mm-hmm. does how does that work when you get born to a project like that?
1: I was the only shooter for that one. I was the only shooter. So sometimes some gigs I'll have mates with me and we have three Shooters, including myself, but that was, that's a solo gig. So I'm the only guy who shoots things. Every shot <laughs> there is my own, and I just kind of... I sit down. Once the race is done, you just have to sprint it back from the finish line or the podium. Mm. Sit down, I've got, I don't know, like two hours of material to go through. So the day of wrangling when you kind of go through the clips and see what they're about, I can be ruthless there. You just got to kind of look at the thumbnails, try to remember as well where things are. I try to remember where I shot stuff. Like, okay... I don't know at the start I got a great shot of the key guy wiping his nose or something I know it's there so I go and look for it as a random example also i would never use a wiping nose shot which just came to mind but um, <laughs> and yeah that's it I just kind of I ripped through what I've made and I'll miss a lot of good stuff and shit stuff as well obviously I shit a lot of, a lot of crap we all do um, but I miss a lot of good stuff but I know about whereabouts yeah some good bits are, and then I just be very, very quick and ruthless with that. Put it all down, and then just get to work and try and turn it around. in yeah, about two hours. So, try me quick.
2: That's mad.
0: That's yeah. damn impressive.
2: Can never that do that. Uh,
0: there you go. Nah, you, like, you edit photos really slowly, don't you, Gal? Me tell you I did a shoot edit, yesterday.
2: Like... The behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm. Over a hundred photos. Edited them all the same day. That's the first time I've ever done that. So be impressed, mm. honestly. It's so busy. Yeah,
0: Get, getting speedy. Getting right. speedy, I think, yeah. yeah. Like, especially with your content, Adam, you've got, like, I think it's a very unique, like, distinct style. Because when it comes to your, like, because you have a lot of, I don't know if it is, but, like, your color grading, like, some of the effects and stuff you put over it. Does, do, is that just, like, drag and drop stuff and stuff you've already, like, pre-planned out, like, for mm-hmm. grades and, like, do you just use, like, presets or do you, are you just kind of doing that as, like, your that final thing, get the story down of this video and then I'll spend a quick half an hour chucking in effects and what I need sort of thing mm-hmm. or, or how does that work for you?
1: Yeah, sure. Before I come on to that, I want to add quickly um, on the whole photo thing, mate. Like the way I edit, how fast it is, that is learned over time. That wasn't always that way. And yet you get faster as you go. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Once you've got kind of years of experience, everything becomes faster. You know how you see things, how you process, how you understand. So that's it. I wasn't making things that fast from the outset. <laughs> i just learned it's like a factory. You know, I make so many, wow. so many highlights now, so many different videos that I just I get into rhythm and yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd probably started slow, but you just learn over time to yeah, get faster. Definitely, everyone. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Um, with that, what you said then, mate. I would say. Um, I always try and make my videos see that the distinct the style um, I think comes from my grading probably and my approach to shots so I like to be as dynamic as possible I don't personally like seeing shots which are locked off there's a time and place for them for me like with interviews and with a certain style of video you want to make but usually I want to convey speed energy because sports about that it's adrenaline you know that's how it works and I want to convey that and put people in the moment I want them to feel like they're there with the athletes and you don't do that by having a wide locked off shot of them you do that by getting up and close by moving around them trying to mimic their movements follow the shoulders when they're moving and they're walking and they're doing the thing so um when it comes to details like the effects and the grading if I have time to do it I like to throw loads in so Yeah, if if I can spend a couple of days editing something, then that's when I go to town on, first of all, just developing the edits visually. It's all there. And then throwing in some things to make it look a bit more jazzed up. And sometimes it's just dropped in (laughs) templates. Other times it has been things I've worked on and uh, and tweaked. I don't do a load of that. I'm not a great animator. um, So I tend to rely on presets for that kind of stuff. But grading is something I really enjoy doing. I think grading is the one of the best ways to establish your own style, and that's something that I enjoy a lot. I like being able to color stuff, and so I kind of I love a
0: good color grade. I love yeah. a good color grading session. It's pretty, it's pretty chill. It's the most chill thing. Yeah. Do you, what what program do you edit on? Premiere Pro. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. I was like, because it's it's a constant argument because a lot of some of my friends I was talking to are now starting to switch to. Resolve to grade and stuff mm. But I just can't be bothered to learn how to edit in Resolve yeah. I just want to like I, So I need to My current focus <laughs> is learning to grade better on um, Premiere I next spoke big thing. to someone
2: recently Who still uses Sony Vegas I yeah, completely forgot that was a thing like, I completely forgot that was a thing You just don't hear about yeah, it anymore no,
0: Vintage, that's an old school Yeah that's vintage That's how like everyone like, tried it's... to pirate back in the day It
1: was the number one program <laughs> Oh, good for him good for him that's good different. Very yeah. different yeah what would you say what
0: would you say for have you got any tips about how to get quicker at editing is there like any what, mm. what ways do you have you like employed over the years to be able to uh, just like get that kind of speed up to get that like factory process
1: mm. see the first thing you can do which really helps you out is shoot for the edit so Rather than overshooting, which we all do, we're all guilty of, it, and I do it as well. Um, when you do both shooting and editing, you know going into the shoot, and you're kind of capturing all these things, what it's going to look like eventually. If you're just shooting, all handing it over to an editor, then that's a different gravy. That's you know, you're probably providing more than he needs. And I think the advantage of doing both is that it does speed things up, gives you more control, and I think clients prefer it that way as well. But that makes a big difference when you go out and you plan it and you have in your mind, right, what's my kind of rough story going to look like? You not, I'm not looking for a step by step plan on what's going to happen, but I have an idea of overall what the final piece would look like before I go in and start shooting. And then once I'm there, I'll be kind of trying to just pick off key shots I know I'll need, whilst also shooting freely, because sometimes you want the end result to be flexible and not to be constrained. So, it's a fine balance between being precise with your shooting and not just praying and spraying, and also giving yourself options afterwards. Just a fine line, but I found that by doing loads of editing, that helps to refine your shooting because you're more conscious of it when you're out there. Tech's important, a good laptop. Invest in a good (laughs) laptop. That's so important. Like, And no, laptop's good enough. I, I've i spent big on laptops, and it, they do my head in, because nothing is as fast as your brain, and you want it to be. <laughs> well, <laughs> you want it to be. Um, but yeah, kind of make sure you've got something which is smooth, which can process things quick, so you're not having to spend loads of time creating proxy files and all that jazz, good drives. Mm-hmm. It's expensive stuff. I'll be honest, biography is probably the one of the most expensive fields in the world. It is. But it pays well it pays well in the end and it's also a great joy to do like it's just photography right. is the same that's all in the same bracket um so you gotta accept you're got to spend a bit of money to to make nice stuff and make it quick so but it will pay itself off quickly that's what i find mm. um but yeah get a good computer which can keep up with you just about so just about yeah. <laughs> yeah i think that's how me and callum both justify
0: our spending yeah. There's like a photoshop <laughs> right near where he lives where we buy all of our gear from and i always just think to myself this is an investment it'll pay for itself in, a, in two months time when two i have so. my, when it, with this job sort of thing <laughs> yeah, i think yeah. that's like so, yeah, that's yeah. a good way of like thinking about it i think you're definitely right shooting for edits so we get told that at uni all the time i'm like i think i'll start to employ that a little bit like i won't make a full shot list of what i want i'll make like uh like five to ten potential shots that I want to have and then so I want like this establishing on like the close-up of like the athlete or whatever and then just shoot around that to like build it mm-hmm. which is like I feel like it's definitely like mm. helped me out um in like the in the mm. short in the short and long term I feel like that'll be like something I can, can kind of like continue keep going with in like the future which is definitely a handy thing
1: Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's right and the ultimate process is to have a storyboard like the best and smoothest way of doing things, most effective to get results is to have a, a thought out storyboard where you know exactly what you're gonna shoot, a list of them, even like the timings, go in, tick them all off, go through it, tick them off, and then it comes to post and you have exactly what you wanted to get a shoot. But how much time do you have to do that? You know, unless you're working mm. on a 15-20k minimum budget thing. You're not going to have time to go and develop a storyboard like that easily. So my shoots, I can't do that ever in terms of the event-based stuff. Other ones is different, but the event, live events, there's no time for that. You have to kind of develop some sort of plan in your mind of what you want, which is, which is loose. It's not that rigorous, it's loose, but the more you plan, the more it'll help you. So you have time to plan, definitely plan. Think about what what shots you want. How you'd capture them. How much time you have to capture them. Like if you got a guy for an hour or two hours, sometimes half an hour. You know, some of our biggest shoots we get the player for half an hour. That's all we can afford because they're like you know fifty grand an hour or something to, to, Mm. to cover. So yeah, having a plan helps, but be prepared to not have one. So be a quick thinker. That makes sense. Pretty solid,
0: pretty solid advice, to be honest with you. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think dead, right? your it. brain can't keep up. Your brain can't keep up with your MacBook. So yeah, <laughs> I think there's even, yeah, even with a new MacBook, it's still not like... Yeah,
2: the M1 chip, you're, now. You're
0: You want it quicker. You want it quicker, I still think. But here we are. How do hmm. you find uh, managing like just constant travel because judging from like the stuff you've recorded you as I said you filmed like Le Mans you've done Formula E uh, uh cyclocross bloody rugby loads of things how do you manage when it comes to working and like traveling how do you get like the, the balance and, and what's the best way to transport kit around because the current um struggle <laughs> I'm in at the moment I've got to film in Spain in a few weeks time and I have no clue how mm-hmm. I'm gonna get my gear there yet.
1: <clears throat> yeah yeah uh so traveling for me is one of the best things about the job. Um, I've always loved traveling. Before I liked video, I did quite a like bit traveling anyway uh, for different things. So that's always been the pull for me in sport and videography, and just general uh, gives you a great chance to do it, which is brilliant. But it's a hassle, you know. Some parts fear a hassle. Sorry, some parts hassle. Like getting kit out there, getting it cleared, jet lag. Jet lag, and when you're going from one trip to the next to the next, you're going across different time zones, your body's a bit screwed up, isn't it? Um, but there's so many fun parts to it as well. Going out, seeing great places, experiencing new things, new ways of being, um, and nice weather. But I'd say, aren't uh, many tips, you just have to have good stamina. So like jet lag is one thing, <laughs> jet lag is one thing, which you can't avoid no matter, no one can avoid it. Um, cause you gotta just work it off. Sometimes you have to accept, you're not gonna, you might get four hours sleep one night cause you're waking up every hour. Um, so be prepared for that. You're never going to be, in my opinion, fully rested on an international trip. Is <laughs> so be prepared for it, work through it. Um, and then when we come to transporting kits. Yeah, that's, it's heavy. So I take three big cases with me, three big cases, um, Peli cases. So they protect the gear. These things are basically bulletproof. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So get a couple of those. Um obviously start with one. I started with one and then I built it up to two, and now I got three. Um but yeah, it's a lot of gear. It's a lot of gear. I got to drive it to the airport and then I got to put on a trolley, take it, go through customs. So you got camera gear now, because of Brexit and Europe, it's rubbish, but you have to now clear your kit officially with a Carnet, go to customs and declare it, because um, otherwise they may think you're just bringing in kit from Spain without tax, and they can penalise you for mm-hmm. it. I've been there twice. It's happened to me, be, I've been stung by it. Um, so travelling, make sure you, you cover your kit. So you buy Carnet, which just means it's a legal document, which is a list of all of your kit, and you show that on each side, um, Yeah, customs. So customs in London, Heathrow, and customs in Portugal, where are we going? Um, So yeah, those bits are a hassle. They're a hassle, and there are times when you just really want to do it, and you're doing like 25 trips in a year, and it's the last place you want to be, but it gets you to cool (laughs) places. And once you're there, you appreciate it. So it's not all... Travel is not all glamour. That's the thing I want to say straight away. And... All my friends, my girlfriend still thinks this, that I go away to these trips I'm on holiday. They think I'm on a holiday, I'm going to Thailand, I'm going to see elephants and stuff. No, I'm there to work, and it's going to be hard work. It's going to be a lot of carrying lift gear around, long flights, not much sleep. You arrive, you get a late flight, you arrive at the hotel really late, and then you're early, start the shoots. It's ruthless, you know? It's not glamorous a lot of time. But again, it gets you some cool places. So have a realistic idea of what, yeah, travel... Is like which you'll, which you'll get the more tips you do, just don't go in thinking it's all roses because, um, it's not. Have <laughs> Have fun. It's definitely not Have fun,
2: Will. Have fun in Spain,
1: <laughs> yeah. Spain's be great.
0: I know it's going to be mad because I'm filming a triathlete at a training camp, so I know it's going to be nuts. Like, yeah. he's very full on. Like, if you mm. met this guy, he's absolutely like, you know, him, Callum. He's, he's like, he's bonkers, he's mad. Uh, he's just mm. like. But he's not he hates getting up early to train, so there's there, there is the plus side on that for him. But like <laughs> I said like just sorting out camera gear is gonna be like one of those fun things. But mm. what would you say is like uh one of your the best shoots you've sort of like done like, over over the years or sort Because of like go through your Instagram, you've done some such cool I was stuff. I think ask like, I rewatched that, yeah. your Formula Oh, sorry, Cam. No, I rewatched your Formula E video earlier and thought that mm. was just kinda nuts because filming that is like what well, is one of like the top motorsports in the world really and i think that's just like something mad but mm-hmm. what for you what would you say like one of your favorite projects is you've worked on is
1: sure uh, i haven't put up actually yet but i know it is no it is straight away it was my, my biggest project today that was last year in new york with formula e it was mm-hmm. out of the races i'm now contracted directly with a team called Vision racing i did a full season with them um but that was my first gig was with them in New York, and they asked me to come out and direct a collaboration they're doing with NFL. Mm-hmm. So, they went out to New York to do a yeah, collaborative idea with the New York Giants, who are an NFL team um, over there, where they kind of have the players doing things with the car, and they wanted someone to come and direct it. And it was very random. They reached out to me, but it happened that way, and I winged it from there. Um, and typical, typical Adam Dismore style, just winging it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so I went out there. And it was a big budget, big budget thing. I was managing a crew of 10 people, which included ops, soundies, FPV drone pilots, all states based. So having to kind of, you know, call them, coordinate with them in their time zones and figure out plans and storyboards. And, and I would use the space we'd have in the stadium. Anyway, so a lot of planning went into it. I went over there managing a big crew. I expected we'd just have the B team guys for the NFL team because NFL is a massive deal. You know, <laughs> turns out it was the number one quarterback and the one wide receiver they had lined up to do it. And the wide oh, receiver wow. himself signed an $80 million contract two days before <laughs> for a year. So it was like, you know, um, or two years, something like that. So these guys are big deals. And so it's my job as director to manage them as well. And they brought with them their entourages, their agents, and all that jazz. Oh. So I had to coordinate the shoot um, with crew, with talent who were. The, as high-profile as it gets in sports, and, um, and logistically with the stadiums, the car, all sorts. So I wasn't shooting that; I was purely overseeing it, making sure everything was going along, everything was being ticked off and hit. Anyway, it was a great shoot, but the most stressful thing of my life. It'd been stressful <laughs> enough as it is, but the car had a complete meltdown. So we had the players for two hours, an hour each, because for one hour. Daniel Jones, quarterback, was 150 grand for the hour just to be there. Oh my god. That's what we're dealing with. And then like um yeah, and then the other player's like, I don't know, 80 grand or something. So they're really time <laughs> Jesus conscious. Christ. And the agents were there watching their clock the whole time but every minute that went. So we're not gonna get more time than that with them. And we had them for two hours collectively together, and the car for the first hour was completely just done. Like massive technical failure for 40 minutes. Oh, so we God. had 20 minutes to, and which, which wasn't it wasn't possible um, so then my job was basically keep the players there to just negotiate to persuade them to just you know butter them up be as charming as I could and keep them there while we got the car fixed which is the most yeah. stressful deal of my life um, and every time I got the car working for 5 minutes it would then fail again for 10 oh. formula e is a really complicated thing and they had a massive issue with the car they didn't tell us about it it was awful but we still made it work we just <laughs> timed things we negotiated persuaded and made it all work and in the end it was a massive piece that came out really well so nice. that was the one shoot where it's the most stressful thing in my life i collapsed after our tiredness I was oh, back in the God. hotel but um <laughs> but it was the most rewarding thing as well so that was good definitely on a definitely on a cold beer after that one i think that's a yeah yeah after, wow. so after is, that,
2: day. is that out yeah. at the moment was that coming out
1: so, yeah that's out yeah I should post out. that oh, yeah. Um, yeah yeah that's out so yeah, I'll, I'll send a link after definitely. I remember yeah. but uh, but yeah that was good yeah I'll try
0: it yeah must be I'll just I'll watch it and think man I know all the work that went into this video <laughs> how is much It was 150
2: grand yeah
1: <laughs> and the colour looks good actually wasn't good it's a complete piece of yeah crap but anyway it's <laughs> so yeah, right now it. For-
0: insights formula, e car-
1: formula yeah, e yeah. <laughs> prone to failure <laughs> Um, stressful jobs can yeah. I,
0: you go after I took after I took your question last time
2: no I don't have another question now no I don't. What, oh, what's sorry, your second biggest job <laughs> <laughs> yeah but It'll no you obviously you do a lot of videography um, that's what I kind mm. of looked at that's what Will sent me before we came on today um, obviously I do more photography than videography I try to avoid videography as much as I can but mm. I do it here and there um, what's your mm. Opinion on like uh, so Well not even opinion When you get Issues to do videography Do you do photography As part of that Or do you kind of Mm. do it As like a side hobby So getting Imagery as well as video Because obviously You're under that time pressure I don't know Mm. if you Get paid to do both You get paid to do one You capture the others Mm. Freelance But
1: Mm. Yeah. it's a good question That's a good question actually yeah it's a good question uh, I do very little very little of it I can take photos I do on some shoots but I'm usually brought out there to be an exclusive video guy um, yeah. a lot of the shoots I work on they'll have their own photo guy there as well you know there's, there's oh, a bit okay. of budget so they'll have a dedicated but I know that some people uh, with a lot of work they do they have to do both or at least mm. like 70% filming 30% photo or a complete split so it's very good to know both um, right it's not often I get called to do both happy times. um. So yeah, it's good to know both. And there are jobs like that, which demands ah. a lot of you. Yeah.
2: Ah, so, that's interesting. Yeah. We get tell- told at uni all yeah. the time. I don't know if it's the same with you, Will, but in photography, it's like, if you want to be, do photography, you need to know video now. Like that's just how, how it's yeah, going. I don't, know if,
0: I don't know. Yeah. Which is really interesting. I,
2: I don't know if they say that to you. If you know photography, you need to, you know, if you know video, you need to do photography. No,
0: because we're doing the, we're like video that was like, Become that more dominant market, as I'm sure no. Adam now knows. Because you got to think, what? How how much is the budget for that for that giants and Formula E video? Um, that was yeah, must have been massive. Yeah. yeah, well yeah, it was 100 over 000. 150 grand. Yeah, we that know way.
2: that for sure. Like,
0: well, we know yeah. that for sure. So the, the budget for that is nuts. So videos like photo shoots are like not. I don't think there is sometimes can be moving parts to it, but I think there's a videos, yeah, can see you're working I for. Feel. Yeah. Unfortunately, Cal I think you have to need to learn how to make camera moves and stuff it's really
2: interesting I was saying all my photography is literally about cinematography side of it and the film side of it and yet I'm just doing photos at the moment I'm not doing video
0: yeah you're doing, you're doing BTS stuff i you
2: yeah, yeah literally
1: yeah, that's interesting there'll always yeah. there'll always be a need for photographers always, always. Oh, yeah. I think it's helpful to know both but mm, yeah definitely. the industry is something yeah there'll always be a need for very good photographers so I wouldn't worry um, that way we play for line, you. That's, not, that's not true that's not true it's, there's going to be I know I see loads through sports and oh, yeah. there's no threat there's no threat to them of losing their jobs because the no video they are there yeah. because they're brilliant snappers and that's yeah. what it comes down to because as well as videos you need sharp images to go everywhere press releases articles anything exactly. like
2: that so yeah.
1: that is protected
0: yeah oh, let's
2: Just, hope so let's hope so mm.
0: <laughs> what, what's, what's, what would you say like your What's like a, a dream job for you, like a dream thing? Is there somewhere you want to go like Formula One or anything like that mm. or back to football and cricket or where, where's the, what's the, mm. what, what would you like, like as a, like the dream job and or client sort of thing, I guess, really?
1: Mm. I'm still trying to work that out. I've got a good idea that I'd like to get involved with series like Drive to Survive, Last Dance, oh, um, yeah. All or Nothing, get involved with that as a producer-director. So I like to kind of see myself stepping back from camera uh, at some point and then just producing. That's what um, I'd like to do and get involved in that. Cause I love storytelling and I want to do more long form things. I do. I do quite a bit of it, but a lot of short, short uh, form stuff for brands. So I think longer form, you can show more obviously more journey and I like I love sport because it's an emotional roller coaster at all times mm-hmm. there's always things going on it's a really complicated world and I feel mm-hmm. like nothing's guaranteed in it either no and sometimes I can't <laughs> show that with my short stuff so I would um I look at those series I love them I would like to get involved in them that's yeah. maybe start as an operator in them and then move up to uh yeah a pd at some point,
0: yeah, I've I've started rewatching Drive to Survive again. Actually, like mm. just ahead of uh, the ne- the new season coming out, I just I just thought I'd go rewatch it, and also it helps me out because I'm making a documentary at the moment, so I need as many references as possible. <laughs> mm. So that's been like a that's been a fairly fairly good one. I definitely think if there if there was more things like that, it'd be a lot more interesting, and it brings a whole new dimension to things that we don't see. I feel like I don't know if you've noticed this capturing these sort of things, but. Or, like capturing stories but it's about like I feel like at the moment getting that more like human side of people because you see like the big faces of like your Lewis Hamptons and your Max Verstappen and people in like the racing world but then you don't really like know too much about them they're just kind of like the face and the driver but like shows mm-hmm. like that kind of get behind it and I guess that's be something interesting for more people to capture I don't know if that's like yeah. what you found out working with them
1: definitely and that's the way people like that, that. that's the way the whole business is going Um, yeah drives I think Last Dance is that before Drive Survive? I can't remember. Oh no, well, Drive Survive came up, Yeah, last lockdown. Yeah, Drive Survive started yeah. in twenty
0: nineteen, and then yeah. Last Dance came out like at the beginning of last lockdown. Yeah. So I the say first lockdown yeah.
1: even. So I say Drive Survive. actually it was all on nothing that started it, and then Drive Survive took it to a whole new level of these behind the scenes docuseries and they made such a success out of it. And really, a lot of people agree with this. i Have completely revived F one. F one was dying well, a in terms of, of its fans. Into, uh, yeah, like it's just a, it's, it's an aging sport. It's an aging sport in a world where obviously you need to be more environmentally conscious. So it wasn't doing well. Um, it was looking at bad numbers. And Drive Survivor has just injected this whole new fandom into it. And um, the Last Dance as well is exactly the same way. Uh, people loved the Became watched watching on Netflix. Had like the number one. And everyone started paying attention to basketball a bit more so anyway sports now have seen that and they're all asking for it all the big sports are now asking for their own drive to survive basically (laughs) tennis golf rugby that's what's going to happen more they see that the value and the attention they're going to get is going to come through allowing people to see their players see who they are the human side what happens in the sport what really happens the nitty-gritty stuff the politics relationships are dirty so that's where the money is and that's just, you're going to see more and more of it, which is great news for sports fans because they're going to get closer, more you know, closer than ever to their to their heroes, to their you know personalities, their teams. This is going to be better content, better access the whole time. This is going to grow and grow that way. So it's hard. It's it's a great thing. It's complicated because for sports clubs, they've then got to you know accept having cameras in the dressing rooms oh, yeah. in important moments when the guy gets out of the car, is pissed off, he's got to expect a camera to be there, you know, and he's got to then either not try and punch it or put a brave face on. So it's for sports people, the world's going to change, and they have to get used to seeing cameras around a lot more. But ultimately, what drives sport is money, and what drives money is TV. So uh. yeah, we're going to see more and more of that.
0: Yes, yeah, that's a circle. Before yeah. before you uh, dash off, what what would you say is like a your biggest piece of advice to people trying to get into a position like you, or just like get into like this sort of like videography? space or like sports video because sports video is such a massive as you literally mm. just pointed out sports video yeah. is massive at the moment how what, what sort of advice would you give to people coming into the space
1: sure uh there's, there's various ways you can get in there's very best tips you can give so i can't give you like a golden rule book i just think have worked for me um and i've seen work for other people One's just be really keen just reach out to people um like you have done with me for example connect grow your circles put yourself on radars, and then volunteer for things. Try and get on shoots, try and kind of be a helper, just try and be a, a pair of hands. And so that way you're getting face time with people and they can and then just try and use opportunities, show them what you can do. Um, that's a big thing. Grow your circles, grow your network, put yourself out there, say yes to things, volunteer for things, even if it's not paid. Just give yourself chances to show to people who are potentially important, you know, who you are. That'll really help. Um, keep getting inspired. Keep being inspired by work online. So keep an eye on YouTube, on Vimeo, people you like. Try and find people you like on Instagram their content, their work, and just kind of pay attention to it. Try and apply a bit of to your own work. You know, not copy, but apply it, and then you know, try and do better. Mm-hmm. So continue to be inspired. Um, put yourself out there. Spend a bit of cash to get yourself set up. That's something you all have, you all have to do. <laughs> You spend a bit, you know, <laughs> accumulate to speculate or harsh, harsh speculate, reality. speculate yeah. to accumulate. Um, not too much, but just you know, a bit to start with, and then you'll find it's a my point now, and you just buying kit, We don't need it all the time because you can't get uh, out it's yeah. hard. They're like toys, They're like toys. You get like addicted to it. <laughs> oh, it is. So, yeah. What What are you shooting? At? I you totally the to ask. Yeah, that. I was interested. Um, yeah. Sony. I shoot Sony. So yeah. FX nine It's my main camera, uh, which I just bought like I don't know a month ago. And my B cam is the A7S Mark III, which is an absolute beast, which that's, I have got tank, on yeah. a gimbal. Um, I use that minute for gimbal shots, which is an amazing camera. So that's the kind of staple approach for people in my business, sports producers. You see a lot of them in the same setup. And then you get your lights everything else. So,
0: yeah. Are you yeah. a gimbal or a handheld guy, or is it situational?
1: 80% handheld like up to 90% and then gimbal for like 10-15% because mm. I think mean, gimbals are great but I think that they can easily be overused and I like to throw in for a different kind of smooth perspective to my stuff my stuff is usually dynamic like I said and frenetic and really movie um, and now again I want to really smooth shot slow things down or just to kind of give a whole different angle I don't use yeah. it as much as the handheld but it gives me a lot of value it does really give you a lot of value so
0: that's totally fair. So yeah. is that like on a shoulder rig or is that like in like a cage
1: sort of set up? And just a the cage. Yeah. Grips on it? yeah, just with the
0: grips. Yeah. yeah, it's
1: nothing too fancy. Um, but yeah, I love it. I love that camera. Um, yeah, that's my nice,
0: totally fair. up. Nice setup. Can you got any final questions you want to ask?
2: You know what? I actually don't. You've answered literally everything. Probably like uh, most in-depth answers ever for most You've stuck you into silence.
0: I've literally. I will say... Uh, I always say though, like people who are listening, like go back to your networking point, like this conversation would not be happening right now unless I didn't DM you. Like I did, mm. I did not know you, like just a it out there. Like I just mm. literally saw your videos, followed you for a bit, thought I'd send you a message. You might've said, no, you might've said, no, <laughs> piss off. I don't want to be on your podcast, but you didn't. So thank you for that. Just mm. like network with people. Like most of the guests we have on here, are, like people who I've just like met through the internet and just like decided to message sort mm-hmm. of thing, which is like hella convenient. Um, where can the people find you online if they want to go check out your quality stuff
1: instagram is the best place for me um like my website is so outdated i can't find time to work on it it's like two years <laughs> without anything being posted and all my best work in the last two years so instagram is where i managed to kind of keep myself kind of current keep things game post on there so if you want to check me out don't go to the website please go there it's one thing you on top of because the time I just don't get the time really to spend much but coming back to your point um, and that's so true you have to reach out to people and I did it loads at the start and most of them will get back to you and you have to accept that and they'll mm, get disheartened yeah. It's hard, it's not rejection it's just they're busy they've got things and they're in the world and some people are more generous for their time than others um, but you will get places by getting to know people and that's mm-hmm. it's a people's business it really is and that gives you a chance to show your skill and talent which sometimes you can't do right at the start so keep messaging finding people try find make yourself useful to them give yourself an opportunity um, and then nail it when it comes so
0: yeah what's your what's your yeah. Instagram uh, app so people can go find you
1: adam dismal straight through so just um adam nice and AM, simple <laughs> dismal yeah straight in no one no one stole that one off you i've had a few <laughs> people who've had like usernames stolen
0: off them yeah. <laughs> extra, extra numbers and letters on them yeah, like, I right adam thank you so much for coming on me and pleasure. callum we'll be back with another episode Probably next week. Be next week yeah.
2: not, I told you I'd be back. Not, <laughs>
0: I'll be back. Calum is back. He is I'm back. I'm back.
2: I'm dedicated so Calum's now. back.
0: Adam, thank you so much for uh, hopping on. It's been a sick, like, 45 minute it episode. Yeah. You've dropped mad knowledge. I'm now <laughs> going to go find some Formula E cars and 150 grand um, to go shoot. <laughs> for an, see an hour. a yeah. yeah, for an hour. For an hour. That's, yeah. That's Adam, thank you so much for going on. Pleasure. Thank you, guys.
1: We'll see you all in the next one. Bye.